All right, y'all, we have a fantastic bucket list show today, <laughs> and, it, and it needs a decent intro for once. Uh, not that I think my intros are dog shit, but I do like to get right to it without a big intro. Um, even though there's ads and other shit that take time, and I love my sponsors, and it's worthwhile to do that. Uh, I've got Dr. Jack Cruz on the podcast today, who is truly a bucket list guest. He's somebody I've been following for years, ever since I got introduced to Matt Maruka, who's a great buddy and has been on this podcast, I think, three or four times. Dr. Cruz's work is in a league of his own, and um, I've just started to really track that in the last few months. I've got a, a buddy in a prepper group that was telling me about his stuff, and I had mentioned enough, you know, like building a gym that's outdoors with no overhang and building my dojo in a three-car garage where we could let in natural light through the garage door so we never need overhead light. Building a star deck so I can see sunrise and sunset every fucking day unobstructed. Um, when we planned this house on the farm, I planned for maximum exposure to natural light as possible. Even our windows, we can open... They're like accordion doors, so we can slide them motherfuckers all the way open and let in pure light. Most people think, and I thought for sure until reading this book called Health and Light by John N. Ott, it is uh, a must read. And I say that because it's, it's out of print. There's over 3 million copies sold. If you get it on Amazon, it's going to be around 200 bucks. Yes, it is worth 200 bucks. It's that important. Uh, the Body Electric by Dr. Robert O'Becker, also super important. I read that years ago after Ben Greenfield's recommendation. And I think he recommends some other books that we'll link to in the show notes. But those are really kind of the big two. He also wants you to get into Gilbert Ling's work on water. Because when you understand light, when you understand the electrical body, and when you understand water, you can begin to think in the ways that Dr. Cruz is thinking. And uh, I don't agree with him on everything. You know, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, first, his opinion of Paul Check, who he brings up multiple times, I don't agree with. I think if he knew Paul, he would understand Paul is quite like-minded. Paul, Paul's workouts are barefoot in a sand pit stacking stones. He, he, he is quite aware of grounding, quite aware of electromagnetic frequency, quite, quite aware of the sun's energy and how important it is. And um, he's fucking doing it. Now, I think Dr. Cruz doesn't like him because of the fact that he lifts weights and is strong. I don't know. I'll leave that to him. But at 62, 63, Paul's still one of my heroes. Uh, he can still lift me under the table. And I hope I grow up to be like Paul. Mark Sisson, he brings up another guy in his 60s who's shredded beef and outside all day long uh, in Florida doing stand-up paddle boards, eating clean, doing the thing. Um, Mark Sisson's on to something. Paul Jack's onto something. But the truth of it is, I think where Jack's biggest problem is that most people in the industry that I'm in have a focus on food and movement, and his focus is on light. And I agree. I think light is the number one most important factor. After reading Health and Light by John and Ott, it will blow your fucking mind. And it is very important to understand the contents of that book. Jack will break it down for you. Um, you know, I, I listened to him, uh, one of the podcasts I love was him and Huberman on Rick Rubin. We'll link to both those in the show notes. I'll also link to the podcast, the second podcast he did with Bobby Kennedy on Rick Rubin's podcast, which is fucking phenomenal. They start to dive into some deep state shit in there. And um, it's nine hours of content where he takes Huberman to school, for, for lack of a better term. And Huberman takes it on the chin like a champ. 
in many ways, this podcast is, is Cruz trying to take me to school. And I take it on the chin like a champ without butting in because I'm already in agreement with him. That's why I said he's preaching to the choir in some circumstances. Uh, I spend a great deal of time outdoors every fucking day. And we don't turn lights on after night. I don't read. I mean, I, I listen to books at night rather than read at night just so I can really limit light exposure. So a lot of things that I've done over the course of the last year, thanks to Matt, who is, again, an understudy of Jack Cruz that have really changed our life. Occasionally, we'll watch a movie, you know, as the sun's going down. But for the most part, we don't. And even with the kids, if we have a chance to watch a movie midday on a Saturday and then just read before bed, that, that leads to way better behavior, not surprisingly, when you understand this stuff. So, um, like, well, how do I live? How do I still fucking put on Game of Thrones? How do I do X, Y, and Z? Like, you can do it. You just got to get creative. So... Uh, he's also, you know, I, I talk about my outdoor gym and this shit as if it's all fancy pantsy. He doesn't have walls in his house in El Salvador. That's how about it Dr. Jack Cruz is. He doesn't have fucking walls. He's got pillars. There's no glass anywhere. So it's all natural light. <laughs> and it's as, it's as gangster as it gets. His flat top roof has grass on it. He's got a whole fucking lawn up there so he can stay grounded. I mean, that's next level shit. And... Uh, he's so about it that he did this interview outside, which has some pros and cons. So let me just tell you, there are periods and pockets of this podcast where I couldn't hear a fucking word of what Dr. Cruz was talking about. The wind would pick up. He'd, he'd keep rolling as if it was no big deal. Maybe he couldn't hear it that loud, but his voice literally gets cut out by the wind more than one time. Do not let that discourage you from finishing this podcast. I promise you. The moments where you do get to hear Dr. Dr. Jack Cruz are absolutely worth sticking around for. And uh, even though he really wants to spearhead the competition, I think a lot of people he mentions are on the same team. Now, I'm going to have Dr. Jack Cruz back on. I realize there's no way in two or three hours we get to cover it all. And so I really sectioned this first and second podcast in two different ways. One, even though he alludes to it in this first one, a little, little teaser trailer, the first one is around health and light. It is around the things that we need to do. It's around ice baths. It's around the differences between people from the equator and people from the poles. There are differences and uh, vast differences in how the mitochondria work. Very important to know this stuff. These next podcasts that we're going to do, which is scheduled very, I think it's already scheduled right now, um, <clears throat> is going to really be on the deep dive of the deep state stuff because he knows this shit and was able to call it. He called the Ozempic ordeal years before, I think 15 years before it happened. And it had to do with his TED talk being canceled. So lots, lots and lots of juicy shit that I can't wait to discuss with him on that. And, um, hopefully the, the, the wind gods will, will give us a break next time. I don't expect him to go indoors. He's still a practicing neurosurgeon. And when he's in there, he's got to be indoors for that. I get it. He gets it. But when he's not, he's not going to be fucking indoors for it. I promise my neurosurgery is the podcast and I can't compare it to neurosurgery, but I'll be indoors for that. I'm going to give you the best quality audio you can have from me. I'm going to optimize my room for that. I'm going to optimize everything I can to make sure you hear me loud and clear. And then the rest of my day, I'll be outside, you know, and I do understand the importance of that. So anyway, this is a fucking great one. One of my all-time favorites, even though there's some, you know, voice issues and things like that. I, I think that, um, it is well worth your time. So dig this one, dig into the next one. Um, I'm sure you're going to have more questions after this with regard to Jack. So it might be worth running a third one back where we get to answer your questions. Hit me up 
at living with the Kingsburys. Do not send me a DM. I'm not going to see it. Just write it in one of our posts. Say, hey, regarding Jack Cruz, uh, X, Y, and Z. And I would really appreciate that. If you DM me, I can't look through the DMs. There's too many. But if you if we have a post and you write something at living with the Kingsburys, uh, listen to Jack Cruz. Here's what I'd love to have you answer. That'll be the easiest way for me to get to see it. Or on Twitter. Uh, I check Twitter once every so often at Kingsboo. You can hit me up there and just, just say right there, no DM, just post to me, listen to Jack Cruz. Here's what I want you guys to talk about. And we'll dive into that as well in the second episode. There are many ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, share it with a friend. Word of mouth is always the best way. Uh, there are a lot of Jack Cruz haters and there are a lot of Jack Cruz fans. So this is one of those podcasts that can be a little bit polarizing, but I can tell you that the content that he's speaking to matters and it really matters. And, and I can see why he's so fucking fired up about it. Um, as he says, you know, part of the truth can lead to a whole lie. We need the whole truth. And I think he's bringing that extra piece to the equation. Also support our sponsors. They make this show fiscally possible. Now, Jack Cruz talks about these sponsors that are not necessary if you get enough sun and you optimize the mitochondria, and he may be right. But for most of us, I enjoy these fucking supplements. I think they work incredibly well, and, uh, and I dig them. Also, uh, before we jump into the podcast, I want to tell you guys, we are changing up a shit ton next year with Fit for Service. It has become Fit for Service Academy. And if you go to fitforservice.com, which we'll link to in the show notes, you can watch a quick video from Aubrey Marcus on what exactly has changed going into this academy. It's going to be deeper, more focused, more intimate. Uh, my class on physically fit is quite a bit more than physically fit. You know, I, I, like Jack, I don't really care too much. I enjoy lifting weights and I enjoy being outside, but it's not what drives me every single day. Um, having a body that works and is capable and, uh, and performs well that's the shit that I really appreciate. And that's why I stay physically fit. But this is really a class on health and uh, you just can't market it health fit. So physically fit is how it was marketed. We have mentally fit, emotionally fit, spiritually fit, romantically fit, financially fit. Those are the six courses. It takes two years to finish. The trimester's done. At the end of each one, we do what we do best. We bring you all together. And at the end of this first one, we're going to Montana in May. Classes start March 12th. They're twice a week. Uh, and I can tell you right now, they are fucking highly beneficial. It is my life's work. And that's what I'll be giving to you over the course of 13 weeks. At the end of that, for the exact same cost, you get to meet up with like-minded individuals, all of which were in your class and a whole bunch of awesome people that were taking other classes, trying to better themselves. And we're going to fucking go deep. We're going to go deep with breath work, ecstatic dance, and a whole host of other shit that's meant to jar you and get outside of your comfort zone. This way, you can start to repiece yourself together as a much better version of yourself. And being that this is six years into the game, I can promise you this shit works. We have a track record and uh, that track record is bananas. It, it absolutely <laughs> changes people's lives. We have 100% of the people that have stayed in for more than one trimester, 100% of them have found a lifelong friend, someone they consider to be their friend for the rest of their lives. That matters. It matters in times like these. It matters in... Who's on your A-team? Who are you going to go to bat with when shit hits the fan? And we cover that. We're going to make those, those relationships possible for you guys to entertain and, and become part of. Businesses have started from this event, not just from Financially Fit. This is the first year we're running Financially Fit. But businesses have started and been quite successful that came out of here with like-minded individuals going through the walk of fire together and coming out the other side better. In addition to that, relationships happen in places like this. And we have, I'm very proud to say that we have some fit for service babies from people who got married and had kids. 
And they are fucking spectacular. It's one of my favorite things as a father is to see that people have come through the program that we have in the last five years. They've fallen in love and they have kids now. That's fucking, there's nothing better than that. There's no, there's no stat that matters more than that to me. So check it out, fitforservice.com. Scroll through Physically Fit. Sign up for this first trimester with me and Physically Fit, and I will take you through everything necessary to unlock the keys to your best body and best life ever. Our first sponsor of today is Energy Bits. Energy Bits is a phenomenal new company that does algae tablets. Mental health is essential, but protecting it has been elusive. This all changed thanks to Dr. Chris Palmer's new book, Brain Energy where he shows why all mental health disorders are a result of damaged mitochondria. Mental health requires you to heal and restore your mitochondria. And you're going to get that on this podcast, I promise you. And I agree. That's why I wanted you to know about Energy Bits. Their algae tablets contain nutrients like superoxide dismutase, phycocyanin, and glutathione that are proven to heal, restore, and protect the mitochondria. Yes, even in the brain. The science about this is provocative and plentiful, but algae's role in restoring mitochondria has been virtually unknown. Until now, Energy Bits founder Catherine Arnston has spent 13 years researching algae, and she recently made a startling discovery. Science and nature have conspired to protect your brain and mitochondria with the oldest life on Earth, algae. Amazingly, mitochondria even evolved from algae, but that's another story. It's documented in the evolutionary science called endosymbiotic theory. Bottom line, mitochondria are essential for your health, and Energy Bits algae tablets can help you achieve that. You can purchase Energy Bits algae tablets online at www.energybits.com. And if you use my discount code KKP, you get 20% off everything. And that's a no-brainer. And check out KKP episode number 330 with Katherine Arnston to learn all about Energy Bits. Next, I want to talk to you guys about one of my favorite supplement companies, longtime sponsor, Bioptimizers. If you go to bioptimizers.com slash kingsboo now and enter promo code KINGSBOO10 in all caps. That's K-I-N-G-S-B-U-1-0. You're going to get 10% off any order. I've had many people on this podcast that talked about soil quality diminishing over time for decade after decade. And one of the major nutrients, one of the major micronutrients that we lost was magnesium. It's very hard to get through your diet. And one of the biggest problems with taking magnesium supplements is that they're usually one, maybe two different forms that the body doesn't do too well when it has a lot. If you've ever noticed when you take magnesium, you got to go run and shit. That's your body just peeing it out of your butt. It's not a good thing. You're not absorbing that. Ever since I started taking magnesium breakthrough, ever since I started adding magnesium breakthrough to my nighttime routine, I've been able to quiet my mind and get the best sleep ever. Unlike other magnesium supplements that might be giving you one to two forms of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough contains all seven forms of magnesium designed to help calm your mind and help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Over 75% of the population is magnesium deficient. And what most people don't know is that even if they're taking a magnesium supplement, they're still deficient because they're not getting all seven forms. Magnesium Breakthrough is the ultimate way to give your body all seven forms in one supplement. Nurture your mind and body with this all-natural, full-spectrum magnesium supplement. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash kingsboo and use promo code kingsboo10 during checkout to save 10%. Go to bioptimizers.com slash kingsboo now and enter promo code kingsboo10 in all caps to get 10% off any order. Again, that's bioptimizers.com slash kingsboo. Next, I want to talk to you about a new sponsor, happyhippo.com slash kkp. I have absolutely loved Kratom since it came along. And the truth is a lot of people, you know, have a mixed bag of reviews. Huberman did a podcast on it about, oh, stay away from it. It's bad. 
uh, like any good person who doesn't experiment with, with fine substances like I do. The truth of it is, I think there's a lot of good use for this. If you have a lot of old nagging injuries, maybe you played football in high school, maybe you had a bad injury in a car wreck, it can be hard to get over that. And even with proper movement techniques, mobility, yoga, and doing the things necessary to open the body, sometimes there's sticking points that just don't want to move. And rather than numb that with uh, something, you know, a pharmaceutical or something like that, it's important that you open up that mind-body connection. And what I find with Happy Hippo Kratom is that I can increase my mind-body connection, where in a stretch, as I breathe into that stretch, I can talk to my body and actually allow it to open up through the breath. And that's really important. Since I started using Kratom, I found that to be one of the key reasons to continue, is the fact that I can open up my body in ways that I'm not normally capable of. I still feel pain. It's not like it's numbing something and I can't get over that, but I also feel a mild euphoria. I also feel good when you do a runner's, you get runner's high on mile two, mile three, why not start with runner's higher on mile one and continue that runner's high? Weightlifting is awesome. Uh, being outside with the fam, going stand-up paddleboarding, there's so many good uses for Happy Hippo products. I absolutely love the plain powder because of the fact that it's just pure powder. Kratom shots are extremely popular too and much better tasting than powder, but I think the powder is the way to go. I'll mix that with a greens powder or something else to kind of level out essential amino acids, things like that, to level out some of the flavor. It's quite bitter, but remember... Bitters are incredibly good for you as well. With Happy Hippo, you're getting a product that's been sterilized of pathogens, tested for impurities and heavy metals, and sold with a guarantee. We stand by our products so you can sleep soundly, knowing exactly what is and isn't in your kratom. So once again, check this out, happyhippo.com slash KKP. It is worth experimenting with different strains. And I'll tell you that everyone's different because everyone's microbiome's different. Everyone's neurochemistry is slightly different. And what may be something that's grounding and calming for me is energetic for you. What may be something that's energetic for me and like a, uh, a cup of coffee, that may be something that puts you down and makes you sleepy. So actually experiment, start with a very low dose, like half a teaspoon and work your way up. Um, one of the major issues would be if you were to take too much, you might feel some nausea. That's no fun. Start light, have a relationship with it. It is a plant medicine and have a relationship with your body so that you know where is the proper place to be with this. And I think um, it can be absolutely amazing. You know, it, it supports relaxed mentality. It's pro-social vibe. You can live in the moment. This, for me, replaced alcohol. This is one of the things that became the, 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 the nail in the fucking coffin on alcohol. I don't drink anymore. If I'm having a good time with my friends, I'm having happy hippocratum. That's one thing I can say through and through is the best thing by far. And... Uh, Kratom has been one of the most valuable things that I've added to my arsenal, and it does take care and respect and reverence, but with that, it can be one of the most valuable things you add to your arsenal. Happyhippo.com slash KKP is where you'll find it. Code KKP for 15% off the entire store. Last but not least, we got the homies from Caldera and the lab. We're going to talk about the regimen and the icon. The skincare world is heavily female-driven and has long been the wild, wild west for men. Whether men can't find the right brand or simply lack knowledge and understanding of it, skincare is something that requires attention. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and sides of aging, men's skincare has never been easier with Caldera Lab and the regimen. Luckily, inside this bundle, you'll find your skincare dream team, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate starts and ends your day. This face wash leaves all skin types feeling refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. 
The Good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. They even have an eye serum called the Icon. It addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye, fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. Icon is absolutely one of my favorites. If you don't have time and you just throw on the Icon at night, it's one tiny-ass pump you rub under the eyes, and it's helped quite a bit. I get really puffy eyes in the wintertime at Texas because of all the fucking allergens floating around. It's cedar season. And when that happens, there's no way around it. I'm not going to take, uh, I'm, I'm just really don't want to take any uh, anti-allergen medicine because I know it has other side effects. But when I throw on the icon, that absolutely reduces the puffiness and helps me look and feel my best. Get 20% off with our code KKP at calderalab.com slash KKP. That's 20% off at C-A-L-D-E-R-L-A-B.com slash KKP while using code KKP. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. And without further ado, uh, my brother, my teacher, Dr. Jack Cruz. Dr. Jack Cruz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, This is... uh, a long time coming for me. I don't even know if you know the fuck I am, but uh, I'm good buddies with Matt Maruka, and I've got a friend in a, in a prepper group of all places that was sending me info from me. He actually sent me the link to the episode you did with Rick Rubin and Andrew Huberman. He knows Andrew's been on my podcast a couple of times. That was nine hours of the best content I've ever listened to. Uh, I just want to say that was absolutely phenomenal. I became a fan of Rick's. I got his book, The Creative Act, right here, A Way of Being. Uh so much good stuff in there. And I think, you know, you had, you had said that really was the first time where we actually went that deep into how you started to change from growing up in the same ivory towers as Huberman to actually understanding health and wellness differently. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time that I actually laid out more of the biology stuff. I, I, I've been on other podcasts where we talked about why I was censored. Um, for the things that I was saying. Um, but the biology side, I never really got too deep into even the stuff that was on my site. I mean, most people know me from the internet because of the leptin prescription, but what most people have forgotten because they didn't read the original posts that were on the, my website, the leptin prescription comes from the leptin melanocortin pathway. And it turns out that melanin is a big part of the biology of how light is fundamental to everything in health. I mean, I'm going to be the one person that you've had on the podcast, but I probably disagree with most things that people who have already come on here and talked about. I know some of the people you've had on, Paul Check and Hilda with Western A. Price, and they, they've kind of already interviewed me, and I am, I am the unicorn. I am the, the person that will tell you, that everything you've heard on your podcast prior to today is bullshit. And if it doesn't go back to light, water, and magnetism, then you're not at the cornerstone. You're not, you're not at Stonehenge. You don't know what you need to know to actually fully get the story right. Because fundamentally, if you believe a half-truth, it can lead to a full lie. And that's kind of why Rick asked me to meet with Ubram. He said, look, Jack, I think Andrew's a good guy stuck in the Sanford Ivory Tower. I need you to kind of explain to him where your perspective comes from. It's not that you're different. He 
goes, I just think that your perspective is deeper than his when it comes to light. And I want you to explain to him, you know, why, in fact, that's the case. Um, I had a lot of hope uh, after, you know, Rick asked me to do that, that things would change. But that podcast was a year ago. To this day, Uberman's never contacted me. He's never emailed me. Uh, and he told me the day that we're at Rick's uh, Shangri-La studio that he would come to visit me in my clinic and this and that. And I think ultimately what happened, the powers that be at Stanford that are controlled by Big Pharma said, we can't go down this path because those are the same people, you know, that banned my TED Talk, um, you know, in 2011. This is not information that the people that are running the show, the people that sponsor your program, they don't like Jack Cruz. Jack Cruz wants to take them all to the woodshed. Now, do I appreciate they sponsor guys like you so that you can get your information out? That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I'm still going to tell you the truth that most of the things that's involved in marketing is legalized. That's what it is. The stuff that you really need, nature provides. Okay? There's no Gold's Gym. There's no organic supplements. There's no organic food for two to four million years of our history. Western A. Price, all the stuff that he wrote in his books, all well and good, but what's the one thing him and Sally Fallon forgot? These people ate in the environment you see. In his book shows you natives outside. Take a look at where you are now, Cliff. Where you at? It's time. Podcast. You're fucking too loud. Guess what? That's just me. Elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. We now spend 99% of our life inside. So you can eat the cleanest diet, take the best supplements, drink the best water. But if you're not outside, you are fucking yourself in the ass. That's as simple as that. I just posted something on Twitter a couple days ago that was designed to really perturb the food gurus. And it says, if you don't see the sunrise, beta oxidation in, in, the, in the mitochondria doesn't happen. Let's do a hard stop of that. Say you're a paleo meathead or a carnivore meathead that follows, you know, Sean Baker or Saladino, whoever, whoever else. You got to ask yourself, what good is putting the fuels in if you didn't see the sunrise? What good is it if you go to the gym and work out in a blue light? What good is it? You know, if you're a neurosurgeon and you're operating 13 hours a day inside in a bunch of idiots that don't listen to what you're telling them anyway, that's the problem. And well, I want to jump in just for one second. Part of the reason I'm indoors right now is so that people can hear me and you got some gusts of wind, right? So, so there is a time and a place for that. Uh, all my business meetings are held on a phone outdoors with nothing close to my ears, nothing on me. Wired technology, that's it. Um, I did have the fortune of of watching the sunrise this morning with nothing in front of my face. I was outside with my son, and I watched the sunrise. We just built a star deck. You can see uh, with nothing in front of me, sunrise and sunset every single day. I just want to be clear because I, I don't know if people will see this video. I'm sitting on my roof in El Salvador, okay? 10 o'clock in the morning. I just finished doing a podcast that went two and a half hours. So I've been up here since the sunrise okay oh yeah i want to be very clear why i'm saying to you what i'm saying to you because when i do podcasts now 
most of my podcasts you'll see are done in the sun. And I'm trying to get the message to people. It's not that I'm trying to be an asshole about things. I'm trying to get people to understand the biggest mistake that we're making is that we're not asking the right questions. And the right questions don't start with diet and they don't start with exercise. They start with the light environment we live in. That's where it begins. And, you know, when you want to go down to the food stuff, and I'll let you direct however you want to do this, just remember that the entire food web on planet Earth links back to photosynthesis. So it is a light story. You may not understand how it's a light story, but I promise you that it is. And what am I trying to do? Just like I know your history from what William tells me, is that you used to be a, a fighter and, and all things like that. And you got into shape and you you hooked up with Paul Check and you, you jumped down that rabbit hole. All well and good. But the bottom, bottom line is I would tell you, tell me how many fights you had outside. How many fights you had inside. Do you think that might have affected your performance? Do you For think sure. if you trained differently uh, that it may have affected that maybe some of that information could have helped you. Cause you know, most of the guys in the Western A price books, when you looked at them and they look like Adonis, did you notice that the pictures were always taken outside? Like where always. they fought, where they hunted, they were outside. People today hunt inside supermarkets. That's where they do their hunting. You know, when you eat the, the food pyramid, you look like a food pyramid. You know, that in lies the problem. in on the food and we don't go to the deeper level to where you know light controls that process then i feel like we're doing our audience a disservice when we tell people you know well if you take this supplement that supplement you know you can subjugate or do the drive-through way around this no you can't and it's it's disingenuous to say that you can all of you everybody listening to this including myself we need to have surgery on our environment before we do anything else, before you even start the conversation about anything else. Until you get that right, you have a duty to yourself to stop lying, okay? Look in the mirror and say, how much of my life do I really live outside? How much of it? What? How does my job affect this? How does my wife affect this? How does my kids affect this? How does the way I've built my life affect this and then start your surgery right there that's that's really my message and i think the more effective you do with that you basically then realize some of the, the cliches that i throw around in podcasts who are you good for if you're not good enough for yourself that's really what it comes down to and when you have the optimized environment what are you effectively telling your mitochondria you're telling your mitochondria you can be Usain Bolt. You can eat shit on a shingle and, you know, chicken McNuggets and run on a volcano and still won five gold medals. And that's definitely not the message that I know has been on your podcast. I, I've listened to enough to know what you're telling people. But here's the sad truth. Usain Bolt ate chicken McNuggets and processed food and won five gold medals. So your job as a listener is to accept what Uncle Jack's bringing to the table. Because I'm that guy, I don't, I don't accept bullshit. I don't accept the premise that anybody gives. I want you to understand how the human animal 
can actually do something that's bad for itself, but yet still win. And it turns out, if you monitor the environment that you live in, it's not the food that's important. It's not the exercise that's important. It's the engines that control the process in you that is absolutely paramount. Then, the food, the exercise, everything you focus in on with your other guests and your sponsors, then Uncle Jack is a, a kind of our gentleman, kind of Uncle Jack. But right now, you're now having morbidity and mortality conference like you're a first-year general surgery resident, and I am going to kick your ass. I am going to explain to you how your wounds are going to create your wisdom. I'm going to take and make you think about things differently. Why? Because they are different. If you want to know why we have chronic diseases, if you want to know why centralized medicine, big pharma, uh, Gates, and dermatologists all want to block the sun, it's for the same reason. Profits. You need to be in the sun. And you need to be in it a lot more than all of you think. Okay? No diet and no exercise can fix a lack of sun. Malnutrition isn't the key problem. Malillumination precedes malnutrition. It's not detox, it's redox. Those are the cornerstones that Uncle Jack's pyramid is built on. So with those ground rules, shoot. <laughs> well, all I was, was going to jump in and say is, is you're certainly preaching to the choir on my end about the light technology and things that we have. Our gym we built was outdoors, thanks to you. Uh, the dojo we have is in a garage so we can lift up a whole wall facing the sun and let in that natural light, uh, not doing any overhead light in there, but having, you know, still got to protect our boxing equipment and mats, but we got a whole wall that's going to open up for there. And uh, we have 400 fruit and nut tree food forests. We've also got 118 acres of land that we do regenerative agriculture on where we're outside constantly. Uh, the only time we're inside is for the sauna. Literally, that's it. We go back outside. We're in the ice bath. Everything else is outdoors. So I love that. And like I said, I built my star deck specifically to be able to watch sunrise. We have a perfectly view of the horizon on the West, but I needed that for the East as well. And, um, well, just, you know, so you know, I felt I'm, facing, I'm facing the Pacific ocean and behind me is the volcano in San Salvador. Sun is above me right now. And you're on my roof. And just so you know, so you can see my roof has grass. So, so cool. <laughs> I am fully grounded. Uh, my house has no walls. Everything is open. The inside is outside, and the outside is brought in. That's how wow. serious I am about this. There's not one wall in my house, and everything is supported on steel beams that go from a lava tube up to this area that I'm at now. Um, but I tell you that you need to think about these things and how you build your house, how you build your life. Why? Because I can tell you my deficit as a neurosurgeon, I have to spend a lot of time taking care of humans at the wrong time of day, doing things that they did to hurt themselves. And I realize for the last 20 years, I'm sacrificing myself to help them. So that means when I'm off, I need to do more for me and less for them. And even when I'm doing more for me, like I'm doing right now, I'm still doing the podcast with the blue light. I can't even see the computer screen, if you want to know the truth, because it's so bright up here. Because the sun is protecting me from this. We're still sharing the information, even when I'm off, that the people need to realize. You listen to what I'm telling you here. 
you're not going to need hip replacements. You're not going to need big pharma drugs. You're actually not even going to need supplements, um, which is something I know that you're. That's I, I totally. That, that's on the docket today for sure. <laughs> if you, if you make it, don't take it. Is for sure on the docket. That's for sure on the docket. But let's listen. Walk us through when we talk. When you talked on that nine hour podcast, the two parts on the left leptin melanocortin pathway. Um, one of the things that first started to tie in, which I didn't fully understand, was how hunger, leptin, and appetite, uh, along with sunlight and how we absorb that sunlight, uh, all pertain to the circadian rhythm and cycles, right? Like it started to connect dots for me on this interweaving of the human body. And one of the things that I love that you repeated over and over again was, does nature, nature make mistakes? And that was one of the first lessons I got on ayahuasca was there are no fucking mistakes in nature, not a damn one, zero. So that really, that sent like a sensation through my body hearing that from you. But I'd love for you to break down, you know, like if you want to talk about your pyramid of what's most important foundational pieces and work your way up from there. I know even though you're, you know, you're going after Weston A. Price and different people, you know, part of your leptin RX is an epipaleo diet. That's probably step three or four on the list of important things. So even though you might, yeah, exactly. So let's take us through. You got to fix right, the engines. Cool. Be, you got to fix the engines before you fix the fuel. And what people don't realize, the engines of your mitochondria, what controls, what are the only two change programs that you really need to know uh, from a health standpoint? Autophagy and, and apoptosis. Turns out that autophagy is controlled by red light and apoptosis is controlled by purple light. Purple light being UV and red light being infrared A. Sunlight is 43% red. UV spectrum is only about three to four percent in there. So where does this come down to the part that you just asked me of? Melanin part. Remember, melanin is made from alpha MSH. Alpha MSH makes one sixth or one seventh of the POMC gene. POMC being the pro-opiomelanocortin gene. What people don't know, most of the food gurus that you'll have on, they don't know that this is the only gene in the human genome that's turned on by, it's meaning when I say turn on, translated by UV light. You have no stimulus for UV light. This gene doesn't come on. So you know, I've heard you say multiple times in the past, cortisol is a big trouble. It it, it, it makes it a, a huge issue. It, it makes fat, and this that's not true. You got to stop saying that. You know why? You know what makes cortisol? POMC. ACTH is one of the parts of the POMC gene, and you'll find out people who are fat have no cortisol. They're flatlined because of this. That's the real problem. That when you don't get any sun, then guess what? Your, your cortisol melatonin cycle is screwed up. So why did I bring up the melatonin issue? Melatonin is what controls autophagy and apoptosis. How do you make melatonin? Sunlight. Turns out, UV sunlight. If you look at the absorption spectrum of melatonin, it goes 200 to 400 nanometer light. Well, you got to start asking yourself the, the fundamental question that I brought to you, Ruben. Tell me, where does 200 to 400 nanometer light come from on Earth? Because the last time I checked, NASA keeps telling us we only get UVA and UVB. Where's all this UVC light? So it stands to reason when you have a gene inside your species that gets turned on by UV light, you might want to ask the question, if we have proteins in us, and it turns out these proteins at the key spots, like cytochrome 1 in the mitochondria, use UVC and UVB light, where the hell's the light coming from? So that was question number one. But what I told uh, Uberman is when you make melanin in your body, both exogenously on your skin and endogenously, 
What is the effect of alpha MSH on the appetite centers? It actually takes your appetite away. So when you are a vegan or say you, even if you're a meathead and you feel like you got to eat three, four, five times a day, what does that tell you? You ain't getting enough sun because you ain't got enough melanin that's turning the appetite centers off. Like when you feel the need to snack, it's a sign that you're in a blue light environment. Because guess what? Blue light actually is what stimulates the blue light this. Okay? And there lies the issue. People don't realize man-made light, you don't have to eat Oreo cookies or cheesecake. Blue light raises blood sugar and it raises uh, your insulin. You can only raise these things through eating food. Why? Because people like the Western A. Price Foundation. People like the food gurus. People like Paul Check. They haven't gone deep enough. And I have to blow that up, okay? That's the reason I'm that guy. You need to understand, you don't have to put the food in your mouth to cause a metabolic problem. It starts with light. So the key is, when you're in sunlight, What's the basis of the leptin melanocortin pathway, which is the leptin prescription that I told Uberman? The more time you spend in sun, the less food you need. Because it turns out there's another pathway for you to create electrons. Because what, do, what does the fact of eating food fundamentally do for your body? It provides electrons and protons for your body. Your mitochondria is a hydrogen fuel engine, okay? It creates heat and CO2 that we use. Plants use that. We use the oxygen the plants use as the terminal electron acceptor. So when you begin to understand this, the key game here is how do you have a good mechanic in your body that keeps your engines working perfectly fine? It means you got to have enough UV and purple light. Where and where, what determines how much you need? Actually, that's your skin color, your mitochondrial haplotype. So for example, where the Weston A. Price guys have gone off the path, and I'm going to talk about the modern ones. I did a podcast in 2018 that they invited me to. Sally Fallon invited me, believe it or not. And I said this to them in front of them. If Western A. Price was alive today, he would be a mitochondriac. He wouldn't be part of your group. And the reason why is because he realized when he went all over the world, these people did eat ancestral diets, but they did it outside. They never ate inside. And the key is they had their leptin melanocortin pathway optimized. It wasn't the food that was doing it. It was the environment they lived in. No matter where it went, they were outside. And that's the thing that the modern humans have forgotten. So you can eat a cleanest diet you want, but if you're doing it inside, behind glass, with fluorescent lights around you, bro, you're not ketogenic. You're not carnivore because your blood glucose is going through the roof. It's just like you ate half a cheesecake and you don't realize it. Um, and the key is... That ruins the efficiency of apoptosis and, and autophagy. What happens then? Then your engines become less efficient. So to make this common sense so people get it, when you're born and you don't have any transgenerational problems from your mom and dad, just say they were like the Western A. Price people 100 years ago. Uh, you come into the world, your engines are perfect. You're like a Ferrari that comes off the, the, the factory floor in Italy, you can put shit on a shingle in that car and it still goes 225 miles an hour. But if you continue to do that and there's no maintenance on that car, you're going to start blowing black smoke and you're going to drive like a Nissan Sentra and your car's not You need a mechanic for the machine, but in you, the mechanic is sunlight. 
and it gets you back to the default state every sunrise. And that's the key. The key is taking out your bad engines when they start to fail. When the cytochromes get too far apart, get too proton and electron tunneling, your body has a program called the ubiquitin to take that out. That's how you are able to keep going and run at 225 miles an hour. It also points out the reason why Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt were able to do some of the things they did, even though their lifestyles weren't ideal. Most people know that Michael Phelps was smoking weed the whole time he was training. Most of the people know that he wasn't eating a clean diet either. But yet, he was still better than most of the people he was competing against. Why? Because he was doing enough, more than the other people were doing, to beat them. And then we can flip this around. You already got the Usain Bolt story. Let's talk about the Kenyans. Whoever goes against the Kenyans in any marathon, how do they fare? Not so good. Do you know where Kenya and Nairobi is? 8,000 feet at one degree north on the top. Do you want to know why they have purple skin? Because they're designed to absorb as much UV light as possible. So guess what happens? When they have any bad engines, they take them out right away. Okay? That makes, makes them endurance freaks compared to a guy like you or me because we're Northern European and we have uncoupled haplotypes. Notice, I haven't mentioned a goddamn thing about food. Have I? <laughs> it doesn't matter what they eat. The key is if you put those people and make them live in Boston for five or six years, they'll never win the Boston Marathon. It's the same reason that the U.S. Army found out when you take African-Americans and put them in the Korean War, they get frostbite faster than white guys. Guess what? That program that I talked to Uberman about is the reason why this stuff happens. It also is the reason why those guys eat more when you put them in colder environments because they can't uncouple. Me and you, we can do that because we're built to do that. Our engines are less efficient than them because we're built to offset it in an environment. That's why our exteriors don't have as much melanin as theirs does. And when you start to stack all these ideas that I gave you in that podcast and some of the ones now I'm giving you, these are the things I'm discussing with you right now. These are the collateral effects of that discussion that Uberman should have had with me, but he didn't. Okay? Because this stuff is dangerous for people who are supported by the centralized paradigm. There's a reason dermatologists and Bill Gates have their single most important fact for their paradigm the same. They both want to block the sun. The reason why when you block the sun, you make people more controllable. Why is that? Because their dopamine levels drop. Dopamine is what turns on your frontal lobes. Well, why do you think uh, Gates wanted to do this? He, he learned all the lessons from his father who used to work in the CIA that knew about MKUltra. And he realized what the CIA did is took what the mafia did in Vegas. Said, we don't have to shoot people. We just put them in a room with a one-eyed, uh, one-armed bandit, close off all the light, and feed them alcohol. You do that, people will reach into the pocket and give you money for free without you having to be held up. In other words, it's a compliance test for an economic reset. Very similar to what we just lived through the last three years. Now, the metrics were different, what the government did, but the actual science is exactly the same. And what I'm trying to tell you is in medicine, in centralized medicine, the reason why they banned my TED Talk, the reason why the FBI and the state medical board 
in Tennessee in my office the next day because they didn't want the message getting out that leptin, actually, you don't need a drug to fix it. You need to understand how melanin works with sunlight. You need to understand how the code pathways work. What did Amgen do? Literally, right after uh, the trials, they canned all the leptin trials, and then they started to uh, patent cold receptors and melanin receptors all over the body. So let's fast forward, my young friend, and think about where we are now. What's the number one drug in the United States 15 years after them trying to muzzle me that's now making news everywhere? It's called semiglutide, isn't it? Ozempic. Do you know why? Because they created, they knew they were going to create that drug 15 years ago. They said, we need to shut this neurosurgeon up because we'll never be able to sell Ozempic to the world to make billions of dollars. That's how powerful this information is. Okay? And that's a single little peptide that works on this leptin melanocortin pathway. And they are printing money. This is the Cantillon effect in big pharma that you're seeing happen right in front of you. And when guys like you bring people on that talk about food and exercise, you want to know why my head explodes? Because you're never, ever going to understand why we got Ozempic. Okay? You're never going to understand why every doctor in the United States and Europe are printing money for Novo Norgas and why the governments are behind it. Why? Because the stupider you are, the more easily they can control you, okay? And they want to keep you sick because keeping you sick makes you easier to control. And anything that doesn't make you sick is a problem for them. And it turns out, I'm on your podcast telling you right now, the decentralized network of nature provides you with everything you need. And if you don't believe me, none of the shit that the sponsors are pushing on your show were available when we went from ape to human. Yet we're all sitting here right now, 7 billion of us, because nature's program was that damn effective with no gold's gym and nothing but food that's created by photosynthesis. What am I saying to you pretty clearly? It's time to stop being zoo animals and stop being subjugated to their propaganda and do what you're built to do. I love it. I don't have anything to add to that. I'm just like, <laughs> it's so good. I think, I think uh, what would be super beneficial is to kind of just break down, uh, you know, this, this pyramid in a way where we, we have access to things that are actually usable because um you know, one of the things that I found interesting was why we would eat within 30 minutes that big protein meal. Uh, but of course, that comes later in the game, right? So sunrise, sunset, what's happening there? Um, cold therapy, when does that happen and why? Also, why cold? Why drink cold water first thing in the morning? I imagine that has to do with jumpstarting the mitochondria, but I'd love for you to break down this list of, of grabbables that people, you know, most people listen to this podcast either have been in a cold bath or can get one. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, a, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of contrast therapy back and forth, but listening to you, it makes more sense to just start with cold. And then later on, if I want, I can do the contrast therapy, but in the mornings, at least, hit the cold bath solo after I've done a list of other things. Is that correct? Well, well I'm going to tell you, think about what I just told you a little while ago. If you're African-American or you have an L0, L1, or L2 haplotype, that would be contraindicated to do. Okay. Remember that. Remember I told you. Government found that out about African Americans they sent to Korea in the winter. 
So I'm going to tell you that's not true. For the uncoupled haplotype that have, you know, Fitzpatrick probably one, two, or three skin, what you just said, I, I'm fully behind. But for those that don't fit that group, the answer is no. You want to see the sunrise. Now, I will tell you, for a guy like you, doing sunrise from the cold plunge, that's a double, that's a double whammy. I like that one, okay? But the reason that you need to see the sunrise every day goes back to what I told you before about autophagy and apoptosis. Your brain, through the supercosmatic nucleus, that's the eye clock that controls all the molecular clocks in your body. It's the master one. It needs to be reset every morning at sunrise. So that's the main reason you need the sunrise. The, long, the more chronic disease you have, the longer you should be in the sun. The other big thing about sunrise is that sunrise, the light is different, even at the equator, than it is at any other time of the day. It has no UV in it. Now, the further you get away from the equator, that means you're getting a ton of red light. Red light is what turns your pituitary gland on. So if you look at any standard... Uh, um, endocrinology book, you see all the places where all the sex steroid hormones pop up in the morning, usually between 6 and, and 10 a.m. Well, guess what? That's operational because red light turns them on, and red light is the antidote to the blue light in the sun. What happens is diurnally, UVA light shows up, and guess what? That's the off switch for the sex steroid hormones. So people get freaked out when I tell them this. It turns out that people at equatorial ranges, they have very little time uh, before their off switch comes. Usually within 15 minutes, UVA and UVB light are present at the equator. Because remember, every day at the equator is 12 hours of sunlight, 12 hours of daylight. If you are, for example, at the 63rd latitude in Scandinavia, uh, you're going to have red light and no UV light like this time of the year, probably until almost one o'clock in the afternoon. So you have a huge opportunity to get a ton of, of healing done. The problem you're going to have there, you're not going to have any purple for almost eight months out of the year. So that means that you're running off autophagy and not off apoptosis. So you have to realize the type of diseases that they get are radically different than the diseases that you would expect at, you know, subtropical zones. And that's in fact what's happened. Most people are shocked to find out when they talk to me that some of the highest incidence of type one diabetics are in Finland. And the reason for that is just what I told you. I think the one thing that most people no, they know that SAD or seasonal affective disorder is much bigger in, you know, places like Scotland, Scandinavia, and Iceland because of the light issue. What they don't know is that this leptin melanocortin pathway doesn't synapse until it gets to the supercosmatic nucleus, but it, it also does the same thing for the frontal lobes. There's a switch in the thalamus called the habenular nucleus. The leptin melanocortin pathway synapses there. That synapse goes directly to your frontal lobes. That's what turns your frontal lobes on. Remember, your frontal lobes are real estate territory that chimps don't have, that gorillas don't have, but humans do. The reason why we get mental illness, we get it so often, is because now we live an indoor existence. This is the reason why people are killing themselves at record rates in the modern world, because in the informational age, we're now having screen technology as our son. People, technology doesn't bring you outside, it brings you inside. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at the room you're in now. You look to the left, you got glass. Glass blocks 40 to 60% of red light. It blocks all the UV light. So effectively, even when the sun's coming through your window, what are you giving yourself? A blue light toxic environment because it's diminished the red and it's diminished the purple. But people don't realize that. So is that the reason why people get chronic fatigue and, uh, and you know, fibromyalgia? Yeah, 
It's also the reason why centralized doctors tell you they don't have no earthly idea what causes it. And they think it's a bullshit disease. It's the same thing. Adrenal fatigue, diagnosis you hear from functional medicine doctors. You know what it is? It's a disease of altered light because you have no melanin sheets inside at different places where the neuroectoderm goes, which goes to the topic that you brought up earlier about why I was explaining this to Uberman. So don't think I didn't forget about your question because I, I, I got you. The reason I told you specifically that I want you to do AM sunrise in your polar plunge, what does cold fundamentally do to mammals? It actually increases through metabolism. You create a light show in your mitochondria that releases more UV light to turn on POMC inside of you. So what does that do? That creates alpha MSH so you're no longer hungry. Got it? Mm. That's how it works. And it's less effective in people with darker skin. Why? Because they evolved in equatorial zones. They didn't never have to waste energy staying warm because guess what? Where I am right now in the 13th latitude, it's fucking 92 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the sun is good. I don't need to uncouple my mitochondria to create heat because, you know, where some guy in Scandinavia is right now, minus 20. It's a totally different environment. And mammals are built to adapt to it. And what people don't realize is this POMC gene is our mammalian superpower. It's the reason we came after the dinosaurs. Our clay originally were small little creatures that live under the ground where there was no light. And we created POMC so that when we got any little light, we could make it. In other words, we were highly adaptable to environmental disruptions. That's the reason mammals are so hardy. But now we've completely flipped the chain all the way around because we no longer live under the sun. Now we live under blue light that we make. And our biology can't handle that shit. You know, we, you know, I don't have to worry about lions and hippos. They can't make this mistake. But do we even see the effects in zoo animals? That's the reason why you see gorillas that are 900 pounds now. They're getting fat like humans are because we're putting them in under LED light. We're putting them under fluorescent light. We're forcing them to live the way we live. Nobody today, for since 1893, since Tesla put the power grid at the World's Fair in Chicago, and he created or helped Edison and Westinghouse create the electric light. Dude, that's when all hell broke. Now, the incandescent bulb was better than any other bulb. Why? Because it emitted some purple and some red. The bulbs today don't emit any of that. That's why they're called energy saving. Why? Because those two forms of light waste the most energy. But remember, nature is decentralized. That means it works on a proof of work mechanism. And it turns out that energy and biology isn't wasted. We actually use it. And the key that governments don't realize, the key that centralized medicine doesn't realize, is that's how this works in us. But guess who's taking full advantage of this now? Dermatologists, ophthalmologists, and Bill Gates. And they've been doing that for a while. They are trying to convince everybody that the sun is toxic. And it is so ridiculous on the surface, this argument. But I have to tell you, I give them a lot of credit because they've been very successful for 75 years convincing humans that this is in fact the case. In fact, right now, my friend, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see the last thing I posted. 
was if you get sunlight, your melanoma gets better. How do you like that shit? And it's published in the dermatology literature. But no dermatologist wants you to know about it. Because if you keep putting all that sunscreen shit and sun cream and your skincare protocol crap, then you block the natural effect of how you're built. Nature is not stupid. She she put she put things in you called chromophores that know exactly how to work with light perfectly. We are perfectly adapted to the light environment on Earth. We are not perfectly adapted to the light environment that humans have created on the Earth because our two frontal lobes built the power grid, and then we built artificial light that is nowhere close to the sun. In fact, in many cases, with many lights, it's exactly opposite of the sun, which is why I said to you earlier, I never want to hear that you get a podcast review that you say people out of high cortisols always get from It's the people with the lowest cortisols that get really, really fat. Cortisol actually is a good thing for you. It wakes you up in the morning. Pomsi is The ACTH part of Pomsi is just like the alpha MSH. But there's a time and place for it. And it turns out the variation of light and sunlight is what controls it. And then the light that you make inside from mitochondrial sunlight. For example, all check people out there that they need to metabolism and biochemistry. They have no idea that all the levers, all of the things they learned in the pathways, those things create light that the chromophores inside you operate on. If you remember when I talked to Uberman, Part of the podcast that you probably were shocked to hear that Uberman was done, that amphibian melanopsin, the blue light detector, is everywhere in mammals. And he's like, nobody could believe this, even the guy that found it, because these are amphibians. Apparently, none of these guys realize that mammals came from amphibians in evolutionary history. And we're the one mammal that has melanopsin everywhere, inside, outside, in our blood vessels, in our fat, in our brain. So realize... We are the one mammal that can't tolerate blue light. I mean, we are, blue light for us is kind of like Superman's kryptonite. It is horrible, okay? And it's horrible because of the basic biology and the wiring diagram that I tried to get to Europe. And I'm not pounding on you to be an asshole. What I'm saying to you, I told you, wounds create the wisdom. All the things that these assholes believe, I used to believe 20 years ago. I was just like them, guilty as charged, okay? But what Rick wanted me to do is to come to the stage to your room and say, bro, there's another layer to this onion that you don't realize. And you need to realize and you need to realize some of the fundamental mistakes you made. Because then you can get on the right track. To Huberman's credit, he's now talking a lot about sunlight. He's now talking a lot about AM light. He's now talking about coal. He still hasn't figured out you know, why his tattoos are a problem. He still hasn't figured out, you know, why the mental illness that he struggled with in his life was a problem. He still hasn't figured out California is a problem. He still hasn't figured out why his friend Peter Adia is somebody who you want to run away from, not embrace, okay? But guess what? Podcasts that I do like this, these are the M&M conference. These are the morbidity and mortality conference of how surgeons and doctors learn. When you make mistakes in medicine, they put you in front of the class and they berate you. And they berate you because they're telling you, tell me why you thought this way. And then the educated doctors in the room tell you why that's a mistake. It's not meant 
you know, to take you apart. But it kind of is in a way. It's, it's the medicine's version of a drill sergeant. And it's the same thing a drill sergeant does to recruits when they come into the military. They are trying to strip away your bad ideas for you to become a good soldier. Now, being a good soldier in the military means follow the government's rules, not your own. You need to realize that's a problem in and of itself, because that was really the story of what COVID was. It was a compliance test for a coming economic reset. We'll probably talk about that in another podcast down the road. But what I want to tell you is the reason they banned my TED Talk is because Big Pharma and the government needed to dumb us down because they need to control us so that we'll be compliant with much more of their belief system that's coming down the road. We, we did this first in the educational system 100 years ago. So the reason why public education doesn't teach you about nutrition is the reason why doctors don't know shit about nutrition. They don't want you to know the truth, okay? And the public education system was designed to create an obedient idiot to go into a factory to support the Industrial Revolution. That's what it was about. That's what modern education is about. And that's the reason why the education system today doesn't do anything to help people in information technology. It's the reason I have to come on podcasts and explain to you why light is the big problem and not food and exercise. But it's also the reason why the government in the 70s came up with the food pyramid. They decided to take control of food. Um, I just did another podcast earlier today, and I'm going to tell you this. Since I'm, I consider you, unfortunately, I'm going to paint you with this brush, a food girl, an exercise guy. But I want you to take it in a good light because I want you to understand what's going on. We have some current events. You know what's being blocked from us in social media right now is all the stuff that the farmers are doing in Europe and, you know, throwing manure and shit at the government houses and blocking roads and doing all this. But I want you to understand the confiscation event that, that's going on in Europe is already happening in the United States. So in 1990, when I began in med school, I was tasked with doing a paper through my epidemiology um, uh, part of my education. <clears throat> and at that time, my paper was about the ecology of agriculture and how government affects it. In 1990, we had 88,000 people that worked at the U.S. Uh, agricultural community. We had 10 million farmers in the United States, okay? Today, in 2024, we have 3 million farmers and we have 323,000 people in the bureaucracy, okay? So what did they basically do? They confiscated land, they made farmers poor, Okay, that's how we got the whole ethanol idea. They took their land from them, and now they control the narrative of how farmland works. Now, at the end, after the field has been plowed by the government, now Bill Gates is coming in and buying everything really cheap and wants to block the sun. You understand how the parts are fitting here, my friend. Now the same thing is beginning to go on in Europe. They're just doing it much later. Now the World Economic Forum and the EU in partnership are doing land confiscation through the stuff that you see. And the farmers are reacting. It's the same thing that happened here. People in the United States want to fight on the diet side, the food guru side. They have no fucking idea how this happened. Okay? They want to tell you all the bullshit about regenerative farming and this and that. No, how about you talk about how the land was taken from the people that knew how to do it? Okay? This is an argument about control, and it's control through light. And if you listen to the second Tetragrammaton podcast that I did with Bobby Kennedy, 
I told you how it happened through MK Ultra. Okay? They got the idea from the Vegas Mafia. The Mafia blacked out all the, the sunlight, put one-armed bandits in front of you and fed people alcohol. What do those things do? They make you blue light toxin. They lower your dopamine fastest to control you. And you will reach into your own pocket and hand the mafia the money. That is, you know where the mafia got the idea? Plato's allegory of the cave. That is how it happened. Mo, you can go back and look it up. He was a really smart Jewish guy from New York that they sent to Vegas. He knew about Plato's allegory of the cave. Then the CIA decided to study it and they made MK Ultra and they found out Holy shit, you can control people with light. So if you don't think that the land confiscation on the farming side was the preconditioning, but did it start then? No, it started with the educational system. Then it started with the flexional report in medicine. So you start doing all this addition, and then you look back at what I'm saying, you're going to find out every single step was tied to altering light frequencies. Every single one. Why did they cancel my podcast or the TED Talk? Because guess what it was about? The leptin, Milano, Court, and Pathway. Do you think that Norvo Nodisk or Amgen, the two leaders in the synthetic leptin trial, wanted this information out that you don't need any drug? All you need is sunlight and cold to fix yourself? You, you don't think that was a big deal? I, I, I'm going to tell you something, my friend. You call your buddy up, William Ball, tell him to do some economic research for you and see how much fucking money Novo Nordics has made from Ozempic. Just in the last four years, you'll be stunned. They made more money from that than Pfizer made from the COVID vaccine. And guess what? Because Americans are fat, because Australians are fatter than us, because Europe is getting fat. Dude, this is an annuity, a big pharma annuity from blocking light. I love it. I've had a, I've had a, I mean, I don't love it, but uh, I love where you've taken this. I've had a number of guys on this podcast that have illuminated different aspects of what I would consider, you know, the, the, the bulk of our second conversation will entail guys like Seamus Bruner, who I found on Twitter. He wrote the book control the Garks. all of chapter five in his book has been largely uh, based around, you know, Gates becoming the largest farm owner in the world. What's happening in Europe, a lot of that stuff, but this really starts to, to set, you know, the tone for, for, both conversations, and I love that. I I just want you to know, understand why I'm passionate about blowing up the bullshit in the diet and exercise space. I want you to know that I'm not some fucking surface thinker, bro. I'm going deep. I'm taking this deeper than anybody you'll ever have on this podcast. And and some of the smartest people in the world, like the Rob Wolfs, the Mark Sissons, the Paul Checks, they're fucking wrong. And you know what? Somebody's got to call them out. The Peter Atias, he's smart. I, I got news here. I was in their group. I was the top of my class in medical school, and I made the mistake up until I was 40 years old. I'm still pissed off with myself for making it. But guess what? When you find out what the truth is, you know, John Vallis, a Bitcoiner, he said something really interesting on a podcast a long time ago. He said, you know what Bitcoin fundamentally is? It's truth here. The problem is the Bitcoin ethos has only got into the financial side of this. I guess what I'm trying to bring to it is quantum biology, the leptin melanocortin pathway is the truth serum for the biologic side. And the irony is Bitcoin is the artificial decentralized network. 
Nature is the real, natural decentralized network. Both of them work on proof of work, meaning that sunlight is behind it. Turns out in Bitcoin, it's the same thing. Electricity is. Where does electricity come from? Fucking nature. That's the whole point. That's, you know, what Robert O. Becker found in, in mammals, and it's what Burr found in plants. We make a DC electric current from sunlight. So actually, when you see these links together and we talk about them, I want people to understand everything comes back to light. Even when you don't think it does, your duty is to have an open enough mind to sit down and listen to what I'm telling you. Like, I think it's interesting that you found the Uberman podcast interesting. Why? Because, dude, I've been saying this for 20 years. Like, for me, that was like talking to a third grader. And, you know, a lot of people got mad at me that I didn't break it down simpler. But I don't think people really understand what Rick's goal was. Rick's goal was just to sit three dudes down in his in Shangri-La and just talk. Like, Rick knows this stuff. He's one of my clients. Uh, I changed his life with this. Um, Uberman knows bits and pieces, but Uberman is a lot like most of the people who think of centralized medicine. He doesn't realize where all the pieces fit, and he doesn't realize that the education that he got as a PhD has blocked him from some of that. That's the reason why Berenson uh, or Burson found mel uh, melanopsin. Couldn't believe it came from amphet uh, amphibians. And I'm like, bro, if you don't know that, that means you don't know that we came, mammals came from amphibians. It makes total sense why melanopsin is in there. Then the thing is, you got to ask yourself, once you realize that question, you got to start asking the question that I posed to you a long time ago when we started the podcast. Why is it that we have things like tryptophan, melatonin, serotonin, I don't know, let's go DHT, all natural chemicals in us that have absorption spectrums that are in the UVC range when we know the sun doesn't do that. Do we have some kind of mechanism in us, in mammals, that we make our own light? As crazy as that sounds, guess what I told you, Ruben? Oh, not only do we do it, but I can tell you exactly how it happens. And why do I make fun of guys like David Sabatini who discovered the mTOR pathway or guys like uh, Tim Ferriss or um, Peter Atia who talk about mTOR. None of them seem to know the absorption spectrum of mTOR is 380 nanometer light that links with neuropsin, which is another, you know, chromophore in our eye and our skin. Bro, when you don't know the fucking basics, you are opt to make huge mistakes. That's the, that's the whole basis of the Dunning-Kruger effect. And what I'm trying to say to people, I don't want you not to listen to Tim. I don't want you to not listen to Peter. I want you to know there's a limit to what they know. And you have to draw the line. Like, for example, Peter's a bestseller uh, author with his new book, Outlive. He's telling people to get the jab and take statins. You do those two things, you're a fucking idiot. You know, there's nothing about that's tied to longevity. But do I understand why Peter believes that? Absolutely. Because he is addicted to reading peer-reviewed literature. When you read peer-reviewed literature, that's like going to public school education. You're not getting the whole story by design. That's actually what Rick wanted me to tell Uberman. He goes, bro, your best friend, you, Atia, he's a really good student at studying the really wrong things, the things that are going to help control us. So what I am is that teacher in the class that taught Rick. Look behind it. Rick is a smart guy because what does he do? He takes all these smart guys, even the guys that are centralized and decentralized, and he creates a group.
why he's talked to Tim Ferriss about the cold CT tub that he built on his deck, you know, that he spent a million dollars on. Um, Rick understands that there's no single nature. Like you read his book, the source code that he talks about, he doesn't say it, but the source code is the sun. Look at the cover of the book, what it is, a circle with the dot in it. Um, Rick doesn't want to know any of the science. He's a spiritual guy. He says, Jack, you're the science guy. He goes, I know when you tell me that the sun is important during the day and darkness is important at night, that I am going to take that to heart. I am going to do that. And then when I told him the type of diet that you eat totally depends on where you live because that's how it generally works, realize that even if you live at the zero latitude or the 50th latitude, None of our environments. Anybody listening to this, if you think that we're wilded at any level, you're wrong. The power grid alone, the internet alone makes us not wilded. Okay? So that means you need to do more, not less. That's the reason I'm the drill sergeant. That's the reason I'm coming in hot and heavy here. Because I want you to know what you don't know. I want you to question the experts that are currently your experts. Why? Because whoever packs your parachute, bro, that's how you're going to die. Okay? Those are the diseases you're going to get. And if you make mistakes from there, you're a problem. Now, here's the good news. I gave you an examples of two guys who didn't do everything right, who are still peak performers, Michael Phelps and, and, and Bolt. You can still do a lot of things wrong and still live a really long, productive, high-performance life. If you don't believe me, let's talk about the oldest lady in the world. She's now dead. Her name's Jean Calmet. She grew up in Provence, France. You know what? She's remarkable. She lived 122 and four months, okay? She was there for the day the Eiffel Tower opened and the 100th anniversary, okay? Let me tell you some of the bad things she did. And she still lived to 122.4. She smoked, okay? You know she. You know how long she smoked? Until she was 110. Do you know why she quit? She went blind. She couldn't light her cigarette anymore. That's the reason <laughs> she quit. But what else did she do? She lived outside in her garden every day. She had a piece of Swiss chocolate every day. She drank port red wine every day. But she sat outside. She never owned a car. She rode her bicycle everywhere. You're starting to see something that's kind of interesting. Now, you know she wore clothes because she was born in the Victorian era. But she was outside at the 33rd latitude by the Met, okay? There was no internet for most of her life. She didn't have hardly any electric power lights in her house. She used candles more than anything else. At nighttime, she used fire. She used to tell everybody, you'll have to come over early because I go to sleep early and I wake up with the sun. Hmm, are you seeing anything here, my friend, that maybe Uncle Jack is trying to recapitulate for your audience? I'm telling you, you can do some bad shit. You can, you can focus on some of your wants, needs, and desires if you want. But what I'm telling you is the biggest problem we have now is we are the one animal on this planet that is super sensitive to blue light non-AVMF and in the information world, that is precisely the frequency we've built it around. That is our key problem. I never want to talk to you about diet and exercise because you know what? Diet and exercise will never fix the 
chronic disease epidemic that we have now. It'll help. It's definitely a step in the right direction. I'll never tell you that that's not true. But I'm not interested in steps in the right direction because you know why? That's what big pharma does. They give you drugs that are a step in the right direction. Just so everybody's clear, 75% of pharmaceuticals act on the circadian mechanism of mammals. I bet you nobody's ever told you that. Here I am, the biggest people I hate in the world. I'm telling you that they're actually trying to help you. But guess what they're trying to do? They're trying to not let you know that you can do it yourself with sunlight and darkness at night. Why? Because if you did that, you'd never need any of their fucking drugs. That is the problem. They want to keep you as a customer. And what I'm trying to do, I'm not going for the step in the right direction like Peter Adia, uh, Mark Sisson, Rob Wolf, Huberman, anybody else you want to name. I want you to reverse the disease. I want your MS to go in the can. I want to take your cancer away. Okay? I want you to never need me. The only time you should need a neurosurgeon is if you fall off the roof and you're 85 years old because you're putting a new damn roof on it. I'm okay with that. That's, that's how I want you to die. Climbing up the coconut tree to get coconuts. I'm cool with that if you break L1 when you fall down. I'll fix you. But as soon as I fix you, I want you back in the sun. Okay? That's the key. That's the message. That's the drill sergeant part of Jack that I want you to get through. Don't talk to me about stuff that's not cornerstone foundational. 3,000, 4,000 years ago, the ancients built Stonehenge. Why? They needed to know when to plant the food. It's a giant clock. What are we talking about right now, bro? Medicine is based around the same kind of clock. Circadian clock. It's a light clock. It's an optical lattice called the supercosmatic nucleus that controls everything in your body, even though none of the idiots that you call experts know it. And I'm that dude that's coming in, and I'm telling you, focus in on this. I'm telling you they're all wrong. Yes, I'm that bold. Absolutely. You live and see the sunrise every day. I promise you, that's Pareto's principle. 80% you got done. I'm okay if you decide to eat, you know, your natural supplements and your freaking ashwagandha and all the other bullshit that you're selling people. I don't care about that. You can do it because I'm telling you, you're not going to hurt yourself if you do it that way. But guess what? People that have mitochondrial disease that don't get the light story, some of the stuff you're selling can hurt them. And I know you don't know that, but guess what? I've told a lot of the guys that are making millions of dollars, like the Mark Sissons and the Rob Wolfs and the Dave Asprey's. I've told them, okay? I spoke at Paleo FX as the first ever speaker, and I warned them. I said, bro, there's a lot more that you don't get, and you need to get it. If you're supposed to push evolutionary lifestyle and health, do all the things you're doing. You know, the funny thing is, from that original Paleo FX speech that I gave, the only guy that's still with me, 100%, is Erwin LaCour from MoveNet. He's coming here next month to El Salvador for the Age of Light event that we're having when Kelly unleashes decentralized medicine on the world. And he's coming because he's the one guy that tells all his people, I'm going to take you all over the world and we're going to learn to do natural movement in nature. The fucking dude is 56 years old. He moves like a cat through a jungle. He does it in cold environments, hot environments. He 
takes people everywhere. You watch his videos and you go, bro, people are not supposed to be able to do that. And you know what he'll tell you? He goes, I can't even do as much as the American Indian used to do or the people before us. I don't want you in Paul Check's gym. I don't even want you following Paul Check. Because if you think hypertrophied <laughs> muscles are good, you're wrong. They're actually not good. When you understand that energy in a mammalian system is a zero-sum game. You know where big muscles are, are important? When you're a gorilla and you don't have two frontal lobes. Turns out you need all that extra energy to run that Ferrari engine in your head. It's no longer survival of the fittest, chief. It's survival of the wisest. And the reason why is because you have an information technology that's pulling energy from you at record rates and blocking from the sun and putting light on at night. It is discharging your batteries faster than you can ever imagine. And this is the reason why chronic disease is manifested. That's where the story begins. That's my message that I want to get to your audience. And if I've affected one of them, plus one. I don't care if I've offended the rest of them. Because you know what? I'm here for that one person. That's it. I love that. I will I will say, you know, I don't think Mark Sisson or Rob Wolf or any of these people are trying to keep people sick. I think that they they if they have not the complete picture, they have a they have a they have a slice Listen, of the pie, but not the whole pie. But guess I will what? tell you this. I, I agree with you, but I'm gonna tell you something. They are complicit. They have done the same thing that people who rolled the sleeves up and took the jab did. They don't realize how they made people more complacent. And that sets you up to be controlled in the future. Bro, I can say this very clearly now. Nobody in 2011, when I gave the Paleo Effect speech, ever saw what's up and coming. Do you understand now after talking to me that I knew it was coming and I was warning everybody it was coming and now it's here and I want you to go look at the stock reports from those two drug companies. And you know what else I want you to do? What's the number one company that Nancy Pelosi has owned in the last 15 years? NVIDIA. What do they do? Virtual reality, video games, delivering blue light to people. You fucking think that's not connected to this story? Bro, you don't think they know? Oh, they know. You know what the real sad thing is? There's people watching this podcast. are going to melt. Eyes are going to melt. And they go, I didn't see this. I didn't see this. Good. Because that's why I'm doing this. Because one of my friends asked me to do it. He said, this dude needs to hear this. His audience needs to hear this. And you can see, I'm pretty passionate about this. I'm done fucking around with dumb people, okay? I fucked around with them in Paleo FX. I tried to be nice to them, the food girls. And you see what I got? They try to fucking cancel me. Well, I got news for you. I'm still standing. And I'm not changing, okay? I'm going to decentralize all of the world. I'm going to take medicine apart piece by piece the way it needs to be taken apart. It's the Buckminster Fuller way. You don't try to fix it from within. You blow the fucking thing up and you start anew. And you find a place where there's an oasis, an ark being built, where freedom is being injected into the populace. And for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, February 4th, some dude got 90% of the vote somewhere because he's doing good things. Well, guess what? He's listening to Uncle Jack now. He's like, the age of light is upon us. He's sponsoring that event. So don't tell me 
that crazy motherfuckers can't change the world because those are the people that actually do it. Fuck yeah, I'm with it. I, I have a, I have a, had a shit-eating grin most of this podcast because I've, I'm very excited to hear all this. Um, let's jump, and maybe maybe it's maybe you got some more pieces to connect us to, but I'd love to jump into um, some of the must-haves. Now you talked about the difference in skin types. You know the difference between what uh, Dr. William Walcott would call an equatorial type versus a polar type. Looking at each other, looking at my wife, we're definitely more polar type than equatorial type, and there are some key differences there. I think it'd be worth mentioning, but what are universal things that are going to benefit us from a mitochondrial standpoint? I have this, and you might shit all over this book, but The Complete Guide to Methylene Blue by Mark Sloan. Don't know if you've read it yet. Uh, again, he may, he may have a slice of the pie, but not the whole picture. I imagine you understand methylene blue better than anyone on the planet. Uh, as far as things that I've, you know, I was, I was the guinea pig on it when I was creating supplements there. And as far as something I've tried and like felt on all levels, nothing has ever impacted me the way methylene blue has. And I have no methylene blue sponsors. I'm not connected to any methylene blue seller. It just blows my fucking mind how well it works from an endurance standpoint to recovery standpoint. Obviously, the more I've come to understand through you about mitochondria and the brain, mitochondria and the heart, it starts to add up and make sense. But um, talk a little bit about methylene blue and talk a bit about some of the things that are going to be, you know, surefire victories for different body types or people's. Yeah, well, this is where I got to give you the, um, how should I say, the medical warning. Methylene blue has to be used, in my opinion, by a doctor and a patient who fully have informed consent between each other. Fortunately, in the biohacker world, because of guys like Dave Asprey, um, you have a lot of people out there using it that are going to harm themselves. Because, believe it or not, uh, methylene blue can be harmful, just like any other drug, that if you don't know what you're doing, you can make things worse. Now. Most people famously now know because of the Rick Rubin podcast that when he contacted me about his own issue, I suggested to his cardiovascular surgeon and to Peter Atia that he used this. And of course, Peter shit all over it. So did the surgeon. But what people don't know is Rick didn't listen to either one of them and Rick used it and Rick did really well. So I'm going to tell you part of the reason why Rick and I are really good friends. He's my brother from another mother because he's like, look, I know when you tell me something, Jack, I may not know the science, but you're not going to do something to harm me. You're going to help me. And I explained to him a little bit about it. I didn't get into it because Rick doesn't want to really know how it works. But for your listeners, I told you in the beginning of this podcast that purple and red light are the two change programs uh, for the mitochondria. It turns out that methylene blue is uh, actually an aniline dye that actually we found through serendipity about 120 years ago, actually does some of the same things that autophagy and apoptosis do. It rewires the electron chain transport and actually can bring cytochrome proteins close together. The other thing it does, it uncouples uh, hydrogen ions inside the mitochondrial membrane so that it can cycle faster through the TCA cycle. It's very complex stuff, but one of the things that it does, it makes the mitochondria much more efficient. There is a place and time for it because if your mitochondria isn't efficient, say if it's marked by the ubiquitin system to be taken out, you use methylene blue, effectively what you're doing is you're keeping bad engines around longer and you can make yourself worse. So that's the, that's the medical warning that I'm giving you. And there's a lot of people out there that have no business using methylene blue. Now, if you're not one of those people that have that problem, you can benefit from it. So... 
when I discussed this with Rick, Rick asked me during the consult I did with him, he goes, Jack, when do you use it specifically uh, as a neurosurgeon? And I told him in trauma, when someone comes in with an epidural subdural, the brain at the time of surgery, when we take the clot out, the brain will swell just like, you know, your ankle swells when you twist it. And if we can't get that brain back into the skull, you're kind of fucked. We either have to amputate the brain or we have to leave the bone flap out and then put a big flap of dura over the top. Generally, it's not a good situation. When I was a very young surgeon, I had an old neurosurgeon tell me about some old papers back when the, the fathers of neurosurgery were out there. They got the idea from Otto Warburg to begin to use methylene blue. And he pointed me to those papers. And when I read those papers, I started to realize that if I can improve the mitochondrial function, I can make the brain go back into the head so that we could close it so everything would be fine. So the next time as a resident, uh, I faced that situation. I actually used very high dose methylene blue. Then I started to talk to the cardiovascular surgeons. And it's kind of a funny story because I know you had Hilda on from um, the Western A. Price people. She interviewed me 10 years ago about light when I was really taking Sally from the court. And one of the things I told her, because I don't know if, you, if she ever told you her story, she was born with a PFO, a defect in her heart. And uh, when she had it fixed, they had to use cold thermogenesis to fix her, you know, to protect her brain. And I told her, I said, you know, we used to have to do that when we did you know, brain surgery for aneurysms. When we used to have to do basilar tips, we did the same thing. Cardiovascular surgeons also used to use it for cardioplegia. They would pull people down so that they could do cabbages, they could re repair PFOs, you know, and what a PFO is is a, a patent frame in the valley, which is a hole between your ventricles that can you know, strokes. That's what Teddy Bruski had when he played with the Patriots. And um, now, cardiovascular surgeons have found that, that they don't use need to use as much as cooling when they use methylene blue. So a lot of cardiovascular surgeons use methylene blue to do a lot of these repairs. Not all cardiovascular surgeons know about this because this is an old idea. It turns out Rick's guy in Stanford didn't know about it. Um, now, to Peter Atia's credit, six months after Rick's surgery, he came back and he did say it on a couple of podcasts. He goes, yeah, that crazy neurosurgeon, Jack Cruz, when I looked into it, that actually was a really wise thing, you know, for him to tell you. And he goes, I didn't know about it. And my friend, that's what gets us back to why I'm such a drill sergeant about things. These guys assume they know everything. They may have a bestseller book, but they don't know everything. And there's a lot of other people out there have an open mind that have good ideas that should get, you know, to the public. And I'm glad that you're highlighting methylene blue, but you can imagine I'm probably the main reason that methylene blue sales have gone through the roof in 20 years. Um, you can't even find it at some compound pharmacies now. And I'm not happy about that because there's a lot of people out there. I think there's more people being harmed by methylene blue than helped. That's the truth. And the problem is the person that you're working with has to understand how methylene blue functionally works in your specific N equals one. Then I think it's safe. Then I think there's true informed consent. And then I think you go with it. But methylene blue does have a place in my armamentarium to help people who need it. It's not for everybody. 
And um, I want people to know it's just like any other drug. I would tell you it's just like, you know, insulin for type 1 diabetics. Not that I want uh, people taking insulin. I want them to know with the disease they have, they may not have, may not have any other choice. When I tell type 1 diabetics, if you go live in an equatorial environment, you can cut your insulin dose by 75%. Some of them are shocked. Then they go do it, and they're like, I can't believe this. And I said, do you understand now? why this happens. It basically tells you that diabetes is a disease of light. And that's the reason why type 1 diabetes has a higher incidence, just like MS does. The further you get away from the equator, one disease that people don't realize also has an equatorial variance is ALS. The further you go away from the equator, the higher the incidence of ALS is. Now, where ALS is cropping up, you know, massively in our population is people that are computer people, IT people, and people that work around the power grid. If you look at those people, the incidence of ALS is through the roof. Um, there's a familiar part of ALS, but that familiar part also is a transgenerational one. Just means the egg was programmed or the sperm was programmed by the same effect, this electromagnetic effect. People don't realize what's the hormone that controls fecundity in mammals, my friend? Leptin. Oh, shit. We're back to Jack's story again. See, people don't realize that this leptin melanocorn pathway has huge implications. That's the reason why Big Pharma wanted to shut me up. And just to make it, you know, more cogent for you, uh, realize, because Rick knows this, Matt Maruka knows it, now you know it. We have an epidemic of suicides now in doctors and in kids. The reason why is because they're all blue light toxic. And what people don't realize is what controls all of that pathway. Turns out it's leptin again. So when you begin to realize that each one of our big problems is tied to this light story. In order to unravel the bullshit, we gotta get people back to understanding how this functionally happens. And when people sell half-truths to people, it makes my job much, much more difficult because I get to stay in the background as the crazy motherfucker that comes on podcasts and has to be the way I am. Why? Because you have to realize there's a hundredfold more Dave Asprey's out there selling people some magic tincture of bullshit in a bottle that they're all get affiliate codes from. And some of these people are my friends. I like them. You know, I don't think they're bad guys. And like you said earlier, I don't think that these guys are trying to hurt people, but they don't realize because they're complicit with a centralized ideology, they're, they're as bad. It's just what Martin Luther King said. If you stay silent on things you know are wrong. Bro, you're complicit. You're as guilty as the, the guy that's committing the atrocity. And you have to realize something, my friend. I told these guys at Paleo FX 15 years ago, this story, the story I'm telling you right now, you know what they did? They tried to cancel me. They tried to do the same thing that people did to the people that were warning you about COVID. People tried to cancel me about COVID, but the only reason they couldn't the reason why Bukele found me, turns out one of Rick's friends is Jack Dorsey on Twitter. You know why I couldn't be canceled on Twitter? Because he's one of my patients too. How do you like that? So guess what? The guys that you think are the bad guys, sometimes they're the good guys. Sometimes they're keeping the channels open so guys like me can continue to decentralize. Not all the people that are elite are bad people. Okay? Just like not all the people that are in the food and diet guru and 
well-informed. I think they've been schooled on the stuff that they've learned through the Flexner Report, and they don't realize that many of the things that they believe to be axiomatically true are actually falsehoods. And I'm that guy that was put here to tell you it's about life. Like, even the Bible is a half-truth. If you read Genesis 1-1-1-10, he tells you, let there be light. You know what the problem with God is and the Bible? Didn't tell you the recipe. I'm that guy telling you the recipe. I'm telling you how the chromophores work. I'm telling you what the non-visual photoreceptor system and how it operates with mitochondria, how your mitochondria create a, a rainbow of light inside you that runs all the biochemical programs in you, all the ones you learned from Paul Check. But if you don't know what the light levers are and how they work, bro, just think about that. Make believe you're a foreman in a factory and you have no earthly idea how all the conveyor belts link together. And if the shit hits the fan, do you think you're going to be able to fix it? No. And that's the problem. And the thing is, that's when you get further entrenched. You say, oh, yeah, my new sponsor, XYZ, is selling, you know, bullshit in a bottle and it's helped me, you know, sleep better. You don't have no fucking idea how it worked. But guess what? Because it worked on you, that anecdote that gets generalized to a bunch of obedient idiots that start to do it. Do you think that's good for me or bad for me? It's horrible for me. Because then I've got to explain or, or explain to why the guy's a bullshit artist and then why it doesn't work. It makes my job of decentralizing medicine even more difficult because it's the same mistake that allopathic medicine made with drugs. It's the same mistake functional medicine is making with supplements and lab testing. It's the same mistake that naturopathic doctors are making with all their herbs. It's the same mistake the Chinese people made. The Chinese people were so good and the Indian people are so good. Why has India got the fattest fucks and the highest rates of diabetes on the planet today? It's not because fucking their medicine was bad. It's because Facebook and Google now have their, their technology in Bangalore uh, at the 20th latitude. And they're employing all these people. Bro, it's a story about light. And the thing is, I want people to know it. You know, I, I don't care if you accept it or not. I'm fine with that. My duty is to tell you the truth. And then it's your duty to find out if I'm a crazy bastard or maybe do I know something more than the people who are currently packing your parachutes. And then you decide to jump down that rabbit hole and study it. Kind of like you told me when you found what I said to you, Ruben, kind of interesting. You're like, I've never heard anybody talk about this before. Yeah, I was, I was blown away. I mean, I'll link to that, those two podcasts in the show notes. I'll also link to the one you did with the second one you did with Bobby Kennedy. I found that to be absolutely incredible. Uh, we've been really trying to help Bobby as much as possible on podcasts and getting his name out there. I think he's, he's one, of the, one of the good guys fighting the good fight. Um, yeah. Anybody who's for medical freedoms and who's for Bitcoin gets my vote, 100%. Yeah. I'm, Fuck a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a two-issue voter now. Those are the only two issues I care about. I like that. That's well put. Well, let's talk about some of the other things that, that are of importance, right? Uh, you've talked a bit about Gerald H. Pollock's work. He's been on the podcast before at a company named Onalema. Come on. They're a structured water company that structures water effectively. Um, break down some of the basics on this. And also, I want to get into molecular hydrogen water, if that's bullshit or not, and this this low deuterium water. Okay, good. He's got a thumbs down. That was all I needed to hear on that. He gave uh, molecular hydrogen a thumbs down. And we can move on. But yeah, talk about well, this deuterium depleted and this kind of structured. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you, um, 
I'll give, give Jerry a lot of credit for this. I think his book <clears throat> did more for the story on water than I could have done. Uh, I understood water way before Jerry wrote his book because the people that Jerry credits, which is Maywin, Ho, uh, uh, Perparta, and Del Juice, they were doing the quantum uh, electrodynamics on water, uh, as well as Martin Chaplin in the UK. They came up with the idea that when sunlight hits water, the hydrogen bonding network in, in, in cells change and it becomes very different than, you know, the water coming out of your tap. And it turns out, if you want to look at the wizard behind chlorophyll, hemoglobin, and mitochondria, what effectively we do, metabolic water that's created in mitochondria is actually deuterium depleted. So the reason why, Jack, as you learn all these steps in biochemistry, and why medical students have to learn it in the first year of medical school, they get told it's for a specific reason that carbon's going into the TCA cycle. It's actually not true. That's a half truth. The real issue is that Mother Nature is trying to isolate deuterium from hydrogen, H+. That's an isotope. And it turns out the reason for that is Einstein's work, e equals mc squared. The bigger the atomic masses, the less thermo-efficient it is. So nature only wants to work with H plus inside the mitochondria. Deuterium actually slows mitochondrial metabolism down. So that's what photosynthesis is doing, and that's what mitochondria do. So the water that we make in the in foods has different levels of deuterium in it. Turns out carbohydrates has more deuterium in it than, say, saturated fats. So animal protein and animal fats have deuterium depletion the most. That means mitochondria find it much easier to make the proper water when you eat a very ketogenic diet. That's the reason why it's used in neurologic diseases. You never get told that from the food gurus because they have their head up their ass. They don't understand, you know, the difference between deuterium and hydrogen and why it's important and how it moves through the TCA cycle. A lot of that has to do with the kinetic isotope effect of deuterium. It actually bonds to carbon and nitrogen much more, so it doesn't allow things freely to cycle through the TCA cycle. Turns out, believe it or not, methylene blue is one of the things that actually frees up that seized engine. It's one of the things that actually helps with that. But nonetheless, uh, when you begin to realize this, Jerry Pollock's experiments that he did with Nafion and water realized that all of them were done in a blue-lit lab. None of them were done in nature. What have I been pounding Jerry Pollock on? He needs to repeat all of his studies, and he, used, he needs to use deuterium-depleted water and sunlight to do the experiments. And then he's going to find out really what nature is going on. So the people who started that path were the three people I told you. Unfortunately, all three of them are dead. We don't really have a lot of water researchers now following up on the work they did, which is part of the reason why you know, I feel like when guys that are really smart die, it's like the Library of Alexandria died with them. Jerry's kept the hope alive, but Jerry still doesn't get that he's only got a half-truth that he's cooking with. But that book does a great job of explaining water like a third grader. Because the things that Jerry gets right in the book about charge separation, the H-plus, and uh, the negative charges, bro, that's all true. But instead of using the term exclusion zone, I like to use the term coherent domains. Why? Because that brings it into the level of physics. And basically what you need to realize is that when you have deuterium depleted water, 
you can bury more sunlight in that water than you can when it has deuterium in it. So in other words, water becomes a better electrical magnetic capacitor or battery for sunlight. Turns out that's the real energy source that nature runs on. It's not food. It's actually sunlight and water is the main battery. Food is an augmentative system to that basic story. Where it gets really interesting in the mammalian clade, mammals have used melanin to actually perform animal photosynthesis. What people don't realize, and I don't think Jerry's talked too much about, is that when water charge separates light and chlorophyll in a leaf, it makes two electrons. The first step in photosynthesis charge separation of water breaks it into H plus and O2. But the two electrons are key. Those two electrons basically are, act as a pseudoparticle in physics and go to a reaction center. And that's what makes the glucose. Turns out all the quantum magic that's going behind the screen, as Rick likes to call it, is lining up where the hydrogens are on the, the glucose backbone. And then when that gets metabolized in mitochondria, the mitochondria knows exactly where to take the dehydrogenase enzymes to go after that hydrogen. The key problem is, is what happens when man makes those carbohydrates inside, I don't know, a factory in Colorado or a supplement factory somewhere else? Or as the question you asked me, the molecular hydrogen tablets or machines. Do you think there's any QA on H plus versus deuterium in those molecular hydrogen tablets or in those machines? The answer is no. How does Jack know? Because he's used a mass spectrometer on them. They're all full of shit. So I don't want you to waste your good money doing that. Now, here's the good news. Am I a big fan of deuterium depleted water? I am, but it's quite expensive. Uh, I believe the only people that need to be using it, again, it's like a methylene blue. You need to know a doctor who knows how to use it and when to use it. Do I think there's a benefit for Joe Q pup? Probably not. Now, if you have a mitochondrial disease, there absolutely is a benefit. You have cancer, big time benefit. Uh, if you're a performance athlete and you have money to burn because you have a sponsor, I probably would tell you that's probably the safest form of blood doping you'll ever get. Why? Because most people don't know this. Uh, water is 93, I should say blood is 93% water. If you're constantly drinking deuterium depleted water, that probably will help you. But here's the irony where I'm even concerned about that advice for big time athletes. Where do humans keep most of their deuterium in their body? They keep it in their blood. And the reason for that is when UV light hits our skin, we use an effect. The momentum of UV light squeezes the deuterium in our blood, and that deuterium in our blood creates UVC light. So when you want to know where the UVC light comes from, we actually make it from light that's less powerful. And we do it because we're collecting deuterium from our diet. We restrict it from the mitochondria, but yet we keep it on our blood. So why do I want to explain this to you so you get it? What's the one adult human cell that has no mitochondria? Red blood cells. Where are they at? They're in the blood. Now do you understand why nature has done this? Now remember, fetal alcohol, I should say fetal hemoglobin, actually has mitochondria in it. But when the adult form, we take it out. Why? Because remember, as a fetus, are you in direct sunlight? No, your mother's supposed to be. See, there's a difference. You're running off mom's program. When you come out and all of a sudden your circulation changes, which is what that 
patent ductus arteriosus in the frame and ovale story is all about. Um, people that have that problem, I already know that they came from an egg that's blue light toxic. So that's the reason why. Like I knew that Rick came from the same type of egg. I knew that's why Rick would benefit from methylene blue. So now I'm letting you see behind my screen. Why did I know this was a good idea for Rick? Because I understand deuterium biology. Do you think Peter Atia understands fucking anything about deuterium? Do you think Gerald Pollack understands anything about deuterium? He doesn't. That's the reason why I can't give Jerry my full stamp of approval. He does have my, he does have my glowing respect because I think his book is the best book on water ever written. But do I think the guy that has water right who's still alive is Martin Chaplin? Yes. Gilbert Ling used to be another guy I revere because he had water right, but he came from it the totally wrong side. He tried to explain it through the biochemical side and try to take Peter Mitchell's chemoosmotic theory apart. Bro, you're never going to take a centralized science is never going to make fun of a guy who run a Nobel Prize. But one of the guys who did win a Nobel Prize that they were willing to make fun of before he just died was Luc Montagnier. And Montagnier is one of the guys that really knew about water. And remember, he also won his Nobel Prize for HIV. So he was also an expert in COVID. He was also one of the first people that said, uh, after you take enough messenger RNA boosters, make sure you go get tested for HIV. And guess what you'll find? You turn out you're HIV positive. Not because you have HIV. It's because the virus that they made in Wuhan was let out the, the, the back door in 2017. If you think COVID was created in 2020, you're a fucking idiot. We now know without, without a doubt where it was created and when it was released. Um, but that's probably a topic for another day. The bottom line I'm trying to tell you is Montagnier did the most amazing experiment ever with water and DNA. And he basically proved not only is it a capacitor, but it actually is a magnetic tape drive for sunlight. And it allows us to do many, many things that we couldn't even comprehend or fathom in cell and molecular biology. And this is kind of where the edge of science is right now. This is beyond what most of the people that you'll have on the podcast have. And what my hope is, is some of the kids that are being trained in biophysics program like Jim L. Khalili runs and John Joy McFadden in University of Surrey in UK, these kids are going to continue to come out and they're going to replace the people like Uberman. Uh, they're going to replace the people in the ivory towers. They're going to replace the centralized doctors. As Max Planck said, science only improves one funeral at a time. And it turns out the reason he said that, and the reason I'm sharing this with you, I don't believe I can change people from the inside of the paradigm. This is the reason I act the way I act. I believe the paradigm has to be completely blown up. I believe we have to start anew, and we have to start with decentralized medicine framework, and we have to tell people how mammalian animal photosynthesis works, that food augments it. That's why it's a secondary issue. And it turns out that the first level is light and water. Second level is light, water, and melanin. Then the third level is light, water, and hormones. Then comes food. Food is basically a nutrient-dense package of light. But the problem is you're only designed to get it three times a day. You're designed to get light all parts, just like we've been talking about in this podcast with me sitting out here. And anything that you get three times a day 
is never going to trump what's ubiquitous. And it turns out the other part of the story, because I don't want people to think this is just about sun during the day. We need to understand that absolute darkness at night is mandatory for the system to operate, this decentralized system called circadian biology. Because it turns out that things like you have probably talked about, melatonin and insulin, most people don't even know are solar hormones. Why? Because they're made from strong UV light. But they only act at night. Turns out melatonin can only get and do its magic on mitochondria at night after three hours of, of darkness. And it turns out leptin does its magic when it gets released by the fat cells, goes to the hypothalamus, also between 12 and 2 a.m. This subsumes that you've had a dark room for about four or five hours prior to that. In other words, it won't work. You won't deliver your light payload to the leptin melanocortin pathway in your hypothalamus, and that's fundamentally why you get obese. So it's a problem of fidelity of the signal, and it turns out that's the reason why melanopsin, uh, neuropsin, are in your skin, your eye, your subcutaneous fat, and also in your blood. And when you begin to see how this works, you can see the tissues that are closest to the environment communicate with the brain. What people have forgotten, and I think even Huberman forgot, the, the key metric here is your skin is neuroectoderm. It comes from the same thing your brain does. So these things communicate. What, a, what is the third level I told you? Light, water, and hormones. That's vitamin D and vitamin A. Vitamin A is the hormone of the brain, and vitamin D is the hormone of the sun, but it comes from the non-visual photoreceptor, cholesterol. Cholesterol has a biphasic, you know, light response. So it, it reacts differently in different seasons. And that actual signal is what changes the code of mammals. This is the reason why guys like Peter Atia have totally shit the bet on their statin thing and their LPA and APO. All that shit is fixed by sunlight. But you have to realize that cholesterol has changed. One double bond has changed, and it goes from LDL cholesterol or an ester of cholesterol, which is 7-deoxy uh, cholesterol, into vitamin D. And the, the conversion doesn't happen right there in the skin. It's got to go to your kidney and liver inside to be con converted to 125. So when you see all these steps, you begin to realize nature is doing all these steps. It's something you said earlier. You recapitulated what I said to you, Ren. Nature has a reason to do all this by all these steps. And your job is to respect why she built you this way, not to fuck it up. Because you think it's a good idea to go work out in a, a gold's gym and eat somebody's fucking keto bar. That's not going to work, okay? Now, you can do it. I'm not telling you can't do it. That's not the question I want you to ask. The question I want you to ask, every single guest that comes on, why should I do this? And is this coherent with what I'm learning about circadian biology? If you start right then and there, and, and look, you can still do nice interviews with people, but you as the interviewer are going to know this guy is totally full of shit, and that's okay. Then you're going to have to deal with the moral dilemma that I had to deal with 20 years ago. Are you going to continue to let people tell people half-truths? I always tell people half-truths lead to full lies, and marketing is legalized lying. It's basically Edward Bernays' propaganda. So my job is to come on podcasts like this, spend a little time with you, to tell you why I believe what I believe. And then it's your job to decide, am I crazy? Or maybe I've dealt and jumped down this rabbit hole a little bit further than everybody else. And then maybe you can start questioning them when you interview them and say, well, how do you square this with what we know about deuterium? Or how do you square this 
with what we know about war? How do we square this? Because I'll tell you, I think those are interesting conversations that your audience probably wants to hear because they already know that you presented the food guru paradigm to them. I mean, I know that you talked to the Western A. Price guys. Ask them, can you find one picture in Western A. Price's book where the person he took a picture of was outside? Why do you guys forget that part? I'm going to tell you why. Because the only part they understand is the food part. They don't understand the light part. Look, people don't know this. Western A. Price was a Canadian dentist. You know who I was before a neurosurgeon? I was an oral surgeon. I'm a dentist too. So, bro, he's in my tribe. And I promise you, if he's alive today, he ain't a food guru. He's a light guru. I love it. Uh, I think the that definitely answers the questions around water. What I think I'd love to have from you is, is um, and I think you did this with Andrew Huberman, but I'd love to get, you know, your top books that brought you down this path. I think you mentioned John Ott, Health and Light. Um, Body Electric, Robert O. Becker. Yeah, I think all of that, I I would tell you all of Becker's books, not just the electric body was probably one of the key ones. You know, I also had a chance to meet with Becker and talk to him. I also had a chance to meet with Gilbert Ling. I thought Ling's books were amazing. They were the hardest books that I ever read. And I'm a pretty smart guy. I have not read harder books than his stuff. Uh, I also think Mei Wan Ho's work really underrated. Uh, James Oshman's work, underrated. Um, but the the real big one that I highlighted was most people don't know how my, my transition started. Um, and this is fortunate for probably you to hear. Um, it's easy for you now because you can look at books. I didn't have any books 20 years ago. I had to pay Russian, German, and Polish people to translate the original work on biophotons. Remember when I started the Uberman podcast, I told Andrew that he had to learn about the onion root experiment from Alexander Gerwich. What I didn't tell you is the way I found out about it is the original paper was written in Russian and I had to translate it. Now you don't have to worry about that. You can buy Roland Van Wick's book, Light's Golden Life, and you can read about it in English because the whole story is laid out there. Um, Pollock's book on water, I think is great. When you want to learn about really what the problem with EMF is, like the informational uh, technology problem that we have, that book is Going Somewhere by Dr. Andrew Marino. Andrew Marino was a physicist and a lawyer for Dr. Becker when he was canceled by the U.S. Navy. You know, when he went on 60 Minutes and told people the truth about the electric power lines and about you know, the uh, sanguine antenna that was built for the nuclear subs. Um, I would tell you everything Becker ever wrote, you should read. And some of the bibliography in Becker's book and the bibliography in in, uh, in Marino's book, it's fucking spectacular. Then when you want to step more into, say, post-Becker world, that's where I think Doug Wallace comes in. You need to understand Doug Wallace's work. He's, you know, a PhD researcher who, even though I respect Doug tremendously, it's kind of what I told you about Pollock, Doug is still a centralized guy. He works inside the system. He still thinks some of the things that I think are bad or good, but what work that he's done in the country is spectacular, okay? Another guy that's inside the paradigm, whose books that I fully support, uh, is Nick Lane from um, University College of London. Every book that he's ever written is good. 
the two, my two favorite power sex and sewer side and oxygen. Um, I would uh, tell you Roland Van Wick's book to me is it's fucking amazing. And then Jamil Khalili's book, you know, Life on the Edge, another good book. He's also wrote that with John Joy McFadden. I think the biophysics program at um, University of Surrey, any of your readers want to get advanced degrees, go become a biophysicist and you'll, you'll be the people that replace me when I die. Um, I would also tell you the work of Ro uh, Roger Penrose, who just won uh, Nobel Prize for aperiodic uh, crystals, quasi-crystals. You're going to find out that a lot of the quantum uh, stuff that I believe began with this gentleman. You'll find out that he communicated with an anesthesiologist named Stuart Hammeroff at the University of Arizona to figure out kind of how consciousness works and how anesthesia works. Um, but the original ideas for anesthesia really are still based in Becker's work. When you find out that he used the 2000 Gauss magnet to put the amphibians asleep to do the limb regeneration experiments that he did is stunning because guess what? We had enough money to make strong enough magnets. We wouldn't have to use any anesthesia drugs for humans. The problem is we don't have that technology. And believe it or not, some of the people using that technology now are the people that are trying to get to Mars. Um, the Probably the, the most foundational work, uh, when you really get to my level, I'm going to ask you to start to read um, Feynman's work on quantum electrodynamic theory. Um, I think you need to read the original papers that Einstein wrote, the four original papers. All of them are key. The two most important ones are probably the photoelectric effect and probably Brownian motion. Um, the things that came later and the theory of relativity, that's important because mass equivalence equals MC squared. You need to understand fundamentally what it means. E equals MC squared underpins everything that Doug Wallace believes. But Doug Wallace doesn't even realize that. Um, energy and mass are exactly the same things. And it turns out light is the only thing that carries total energy that has no mass. It's not encumbered by it. That's the reason why Genesis is correct. Everything begins with light. Um, and the problem is as things become encumbered with mass, they become less thermally efficient. That brings in thermodynamics. So now I'm taking you to Clausius, Boltzmann, taking you, you know, to the founders of modern chemistry. Like, I want taking you down this road when you ask me about books so you can see the path that I took to figure all this out. It covers multiple, multiple generations. I'd also tell you to read the books on, that Lamarck wrote. Read the books that Darwin Realize where Darwin is wrong and where is right. Um, I would actually tell you to read the work of Craig Ventner, even some of Dawkins' work, to find out why they're wrong. Why genes are no longer the dominant perspective to believe. Everything about light starts with energy, not with the genes. And I posted on on Twitter and literally on Instagram a couple of days ago. You could probably find the picture on my Instagram page where it's in Nature Magazine. says, I think we made a mistake. It's not really about genes. So remember, these ideas I had 20 years ago. When I said them 20 years ago, said them 15 years ago, Paleo effects. I was the crazy motherfucker, and Rob Wolf was supposed to be the brains. Now he's a stupid motherfucker, and I'm a smart motherfucker. So guess what? When you know you're right, people exist in being directionally accurate. Eventually, science will catch up to you. And this is what I'm going to tell all of you. Maybe we end the podcast with this. 
If I'm wrong, I have good company. That means the photoelectric effect is wrong, equals MC squared is wrong. Uh, the first, second, third, and fourth laws of thermodynamics are wrong. Everything that Feynman believed and found in quantum electrodynamic theory is wrong. Okay? And just so everybody's clear, all of those things, all of those base equations are the fundamental beginnings of quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics has been tested millions of times and never been found to be incorrect, not only on Earth, but on Pluto, Andromeda, and anywhere the Hubble telescope can look for light. I want you to think about that. That tells you the infinite range and power of these ideas. And it turns out infinite range and power doesn't come from Jack Cruz. It comes from the electromagnetic force, one of the four forces in physics that has unlimited range and power. And to show you just how powerful that statement is, because I know you and your listeners won't get this. You can go right now and buy a telescope and look at the light from the nearest galaxy. That's Andromeda. Realize that that light is 10 billion years old. That light is coming to you for the first time. That means it predates all life on Earth. It predates your species. And yet, you can see that light on this planet tonight. That defines unlimited range and power. That's why Mother Nature on this planet decided to start with light, water, and magnetism. That is the cornerstones of what you need to focus in on. And when you do, you'll find out all the other bullshit, all the other people that you come on, they always funnel down to one of those three things or a combination thereof. And it's your job as the educated, decentralized mind to figure out what they're getting right and what they're missing. That's your job. My job is to be the guide to let you know that there's other information behind that curtain. Don't assume the wizard that's on the podcast is correct. Just like I don't want any of you to accept what I just told you for the last hour and a half, two hours. I want you to question everything because that's what a decentralized thinker does. Jack, it's been fucking incredible having you on. I'm so pleased and thankful for your time. Uh, very excited. We're going to link back up for round two, which we'll dive a little bit more into the history of things in the deep state, if you will, and uh, where we're heading. So thank you. Thank you so very much for the work you do, brother. I'm so, so impressed and so happy and pleased that I've been switched on to you. All right, cool. It was nice talking with you. Hopefully I wasn't too much of a great white shark. No, you're fucking flawless, brother. All right, take care.